Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Top of the 11 o'clock hour here in our nation's capital. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. We're simulcasted on our sister station, the Team 980, and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 105 before we hand things over to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. They get you warmed up for Nats and Reds. Coming up in about 25 minutes, our pal David Harrison, who hosts the Locked On Commanders podcast, is set to join the program. He'll give us the latest from out in Ashburn. He was boots on the ground for Commanders training camp practice. Their session get ready to wrap up here in the next few minutes. We'll hear from David uh, coming up here in about a half hour or so. Some of the early reports, scrolling through Twitter, getting the skinny on today's practice session. Emmanuel Forbes, who suffered a groin injury on Friday, was a participant in today's work, but did not participate in the Team 11-on-11 stuff. Washington signed a kicker. or a kicker. Washington signed a corner. Uh, on Saturday to give them a little bit more depth at that cornerback spot. So it seems like they may be playing it super cautious uh, with Emmanuel Forbes in terms of his his availability for Friday night's preseason opener against Cleveland. Uh, Washington already having a little bit of attrition at that spot. I know Danny Johnson missed some practice time earlier this week as well. Not sure if he's back out on the practice field. But one thing that did catch my eye, in terms of in terms of who is going to be replacing Emmanuel Forbes. So in Washington's nickel packages here, it's been Emmanuel Forbes as the outside corner, Kendall Fuller as the other outside corner, and then Benjamin St. Juice playing in the slot. Uh with Forbes being on the shelf during eleven on eleven work, it is Kendall Fuller on the outside, Benjamin St. Juice on the outside, and then Rashad Wild Goose uh, getting some opportunity at the nickel cornerback spot as well. And I feel like we're smart football fans here, right? Like I give you all a ton of credit as a fan base. It's a really smart group. The the talk the talk about <laughs> the talk about Rashad Wild Goose last year and the Philadelphia game at home when he first got his first playing time. He had some penalties. He had a little bit of a rough outing, but it's not, to me at all, reflective of what type of football player he is. I think he's pretty damn good, and he's had a pretty decent camp to this point. 
So the fact that this coaching staff trusts him to be right now the backup nickel corner, I think says a lot about where he is in his career and where he is uh, in terms of what he's been able to accomplish this offseason. So I'm, I'm not really panicked uh, about Emmanuel Forbes being dinged up a little bit. I think it provides a good opportunity to see some of the other guys that are going to be battling for this fifth and sixth corner cornerback spot, like a Rashad Wild Goose, like a Tariq Castro-Fields. I mean, they got some bodies there uh, that, look, are going to be some tough decisions are going to have to be made in terms of figuring out the bottom of the roster, uh, specifically at that cornerback spot, man. So we'll see what ends up happening with that. Christian Holmes, the second-year kid out of Oklahoma State, I thought has made some noise as well. We'll see, though, man. We'll see. I wanted to get to Jamin Davis here in, in just a second. Uh, but before we do that, I thought I'd get you up to speed on the cornerback spot. I did just mention Christian Holmes. I also wanted to give you all an update from out at practice. The commander's left guard spot. Um, Competition going on right now between Sadiq Charles and Chris Paul. Sadiq Charles did return back to the practice field this morning. Still conflicting reports out there about who was running with the first team for the majority of practice. I saw some folks tweet that Sadiq was back in there. I saw other folks tweet that Chris Paul was back in there. Nonetheless, um, I think I had someone tweet at me or tweet earlier saying that they think Sadiq Charles is going to get cut. Washington is paper thin at the guard spot. so I don't think they're going to be cutting Sadiq Charles. I think it would hell would have to freeze over. He would have to do something off the field for them to cut him. Uh, I think they need him right now, and I feel like as camp continues to progress, I think he's going to end up being the guy at the left guard spot. I just think he's more physically imposing than Chris Paul is. He's more athletic than Chris Paul is, and with this team putting an emphasis on the screen game and the quick passing game, I think Sadiq's, a lot, Sadiq's athleticism, so to speak. I could really not talk right now. Sadiq's athleticism, I think, uh, is going to do a really nice job of, 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 yeah, Chris Paul. His name is Chris Paul. Um, Sadiq's athleticism, I think, ends up helping him win out at that left guard spot. So we'll see what ends up happening. I want to talk about Jamie Davis, though. Monday, he was not out at practice. Uh, instead, he was in a Loudoun County courthouse trying to put in a plea agreement after being caught driving 114. Let me make sure I get this right because I don't want to make any type of mistakes about what was being reported. Running one 114 and a 45. Allegedly, Jamie Davis was doing that. Uh, I, I said it at the time. I said it on Monday when we first found out about it. Jamin Davis, if this was my football team, uh, would no longer be a part of the roster, right? I, I think I think Ron Rivera not coming down with the iron fist on Jamin Davis in this situation may end up coming back to bite the team in the butt. Um, but, look, everybody makes mistakes. I get it. I've made mistakes in my life. Jamin's made mistakes in his life. He's only 24. I'm 25. I get it. I get it 110%. But context to me matters. Context matters so much. First of all, to be going 114 and a 45 is some of the most ass-backward stuff I've ever heard in my life. Like, are you serious? There's no reason for you to be going that fast. Now, I know Jamin Davis is a big NASCAR fan, so I get that. Maybe that, like, 
influenced his decision making or 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 whatever in the situation. But to to be to be going that fast is 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 reckless. It's exactly what they're describing it as, and what he's being charged at. So the incident happened on March twenty eighth, two thousand twenty two. The thing that I'm frustrated about, and the reason why I have no type of sympathy for Jamin Davis. Literally, like, three or four months prior to that, his teammate, DeShazer Everett, and him got into an accident from speeding, going too fast. And that accident ended up taking the life of DeShazer Everett's girlfriend. Jamin Davis was right behind them with Benjamin St. Juice driving in the car behind them when this incident happened. And Jamin Davis, because he was mentally distraught over the situation, had to miss a game during his rookie season as a result. So you would think when you've been in a situation like that already with your teammate and God blessed you and you were able to come out of the other side of it alive, you would think that that would provide you some type of context or teach you some sort of lesson. But not for Jamin Davis. Not for Jamin Davis. He pleaded guilty to the charge of reckless driving back in, oh, wow. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm messing up the details on this. Okay, no, I'm just reading it wrong. 114 in a 45 zone. This happened March 28th of 2022. Like I said, in close proximity to the DeShazer Everett situation, which he was pretty much a part of. Like I said, I would have cut him. The... Situation is a misdemeanor, punishable to up to 12 months in jail and a $2,500 fine. For that reason, the reason that it happened so close to the DeShays or Everest stuff, because that is the case, I would have cut, cut Jamie Davis. I, mean, I don't even think there's much of a discussion to have around it. The judge, though, when he appeared in the courthouse on Monday morning, rejected his plea deal. Now, his plea deal was eight days in jail is what he was trying to get himself. Um, that plea deal was denied. He was back in court Thursday, and his court date has now been postponed to August 31st. Bottom line in this situation, Jamin Davis is going to jail. Let's call it what it is. Jamin Davis is going to jail. Not because of that one incident, because he's also got another uh, speeding ticket on his resume. And the last time... He got into a situation involving a vehicle. Loudoun County actually helped him out. They knocked another reckless driving charge down to just speeding. He got lucky on that. So this is multiple now instances of Jamin Davis being irresponsible behind the wheel. And the thing that's like, frustrating to me about the entire situation is because of the close proximity that it, that it happened to the DeShazer Everett situation. If that's not going to teach you a lesson, DeShazer in this gets charged with involuntary manslaughter that got reduced to reckless driving. Everett had to spend three months on house arrest. You saw that happen to your teammate. You saw that happen to your teammate, yet you're still out here acting a complete damn fool behind the wheel. So for that reason, I said you should get cut. Because how else is he going to learn the lesson? Does he have to pass away? Does someone else have to die before he realizes what the hell he did? It's stupid. 
And then from a football standpoint, this situation frustrates the hell out of me because Jamin Davis is a linebacker. Where are the green dot in this defense? If I can't trust you behind the wheel, how can I trust you to call my defense? That's how I feel about the situation. He had off-season knee surgery, so he wasn't on the practice field much during the spring anyway. It's very interesting to me what happens with Jamin Davis. Because it's not a foregone conclusion that he's going to be the starting linebacker of this football team this year. And the commanders have to make a decision on Jamin's fifth-year option coming up this fall or this spring. So we'll see what the future holds for Jamin Davis. I just know for a group and a staff that's done a really nice job holding guys accountable and creating a good culture within the locker room, this Jamin Davis situation just absolutely reeks of cover-up and really just not holding guys accountable, man. So I'm disappointed in all parties involved, including the Washington Commanders, because I don't feel like they're holding him responsible uh, as they should. Pretty... Pretty doom and gloom situation. It stinks that we kind of had to, kind of had to talk about that for a second. David Harrison going to come and join us in about thirteen minutes. Uh, he is the host of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Set to join us coming up here at eleven thirty. He is out there, boots on the ground, at Washington Commanders training camp practice. We'll get the skinny from David Harrison, including what the hell happened with this Commanders offense. There are reports coming out Friday that. The offense was struggling in practice, as they should. I'm not really panicking over it. But from being out there myself, man, there's one guy on the offensive side of the football to me that stood out each in every practice, and I'll be interested to see if he stood out uh, during today's session. I'll tell you who I'm talking about next here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Coming up in about seven minutes, our pal David Harrison set to join the program. He is the host of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and he's out there right now in Ashburn for training camp practice number 10, I believe, for the Washington Commanders. He'll join us 
coming up at about 11.30. Right now, though, I wanted to get to one guy that I feel like each and every day has made standout plays out at Washington Commanders training camp, and I wanted to give him some love. We will do a Washington Commanders training camp stock report coming up in the 12 o'clock hour. Spoiler alert, this young man is on the stock report. (laughs) Stock is up. This Deami Brown. And it's so crazy about what Deami's done. Because I'll be honest with you, I had a comment and I had a discussion with a member of the Commanders beat during mandatory minicamp and OTAs. And they said, yeah, Deami's not going to make it. They didn't think that his coaching, they didn't think that Deami Brown would mesh with the coaching style of Eric Bieniemy. I say it all the time. If you can't take tough coaching, it weeds you out completely, right? So the fact that Diami completely has done a 180 on what was being told to me is brilliant news. They spent the second-round pick on this kid. Like, he was drafted pretty high, right? Like, he's got... He's got a lot of untapped potential, I feel like. And we saw it a little bit last year in the game against Tennessee, just how explosive he could be as a downfield option for this football team. But during training camp, what's got me so excited about De'Ami Brown is he's winning in a variety of different ways. We've seen him high point the football. We've seen him take the top off of the defense. We've seen him make plays. And under make, we've seen him catch the football underneath and make plays after the catch. I mean, he has been, I can't even say as advertised. He's exceeded my expectations to the umpteenth degree. And it's no surprise that it's with Sam Howell under center, his former college quarterback. So I think De'Ami Brown, in terms of a fourth wide receiver across the NFL, I mean, he's one of the better ones in the league. I'm also starting to think, yeah, De'Ami technically is the fourth wide receiver on this roster behind Terry, Jahan, Curtis Samuel. But I think he's been more sure-handed in training camp than Curtis Samuel has. Curtis Samuel's had the drop season training camp, y'all. I'm going to call it what it is. He's had some concentration drops, as we like to call it when we're being polite. Um, I just, ah, I don't know, man. It's just... To me, I feel like he is the difference and what are going to be one of the key differences in this offense being good or average. Because I think they got a chance to be a top 12, top 13 group in the National Football League. They've got the weapons. But the quick passing game has really been the emphasis to this point in camp under Eric Bieniemy, and you need guys who can turn a two-yard play into a nine-yard game, you know, a two-yard catch into a nine-yard play, you know? I think De'Ami Brown's got that skill set. The one thing I also love about De'Ami in comparison to the other receivers in the receiving room that are going to get legit playing time, he's the only receiver that's got the physical makeup that he does. Six foot two, 200 pounds. Terry's a 5'11 guy. Jahan's a 5'11 guy. Curtis is a 5'11 guy. We, I mentioned De'Ami Brown going up and high point in the football on several different occasions in practice. Maybe that's his role. Maybe that's his role. Now, I do expect Logan Thomas to pay dividends in the red zone because of his height, but De'Ami Brown could be another guy as well. But I just wanted to give De'Ami a little bit of individual love, man, because he has absolutely crushed training camp to this point. And I feel like with Curtis Samuel 
set to hit free agency this fall, this summer, excuse me. It's De'Ami Brown season. Let's <laughs> call it what it is, right? It is time for De'Ami Brown to emerge as this team's third wide receiver. How quickly it happens, I don't know. But I do know this. Eric Bieniemy, 110% has a role for De'Ami Brown uh, in this year's offense. We'll take a pause. When we come back, David Harrison ready to join us. He is the host of the Locked On Commanders podcast. We'll get the latest from Washington Commanders training camp practice. Who stood out? And did the offense bounce back after getting punched in the mouth Friday by the defense? All that and more coming up next with David Harrison next here on The Fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan, always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 105 before we hand things over to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. Then we get you warmed up for Nats in Reds. Nats looking to make it four straight victories. Playing good baseball right now. And things are back to normal as the Nats back beating up on the Reds. Reds were here in town the last week or the week before that and gave the Nats some problems to the surprise of everybody, man. So Nats and Reds coming your way. 141st pitch. I believe it is Jake Irvin on the bump uh, for Davey Martinez's squad. And per usual, you can hear all of the action right here on the flagship home of the Washington Nationals, 1067 The Fam. We're efforting right now to get David Harrison on the line. Uh, he's the host of the Locked On Commanders podcast. He's out there, boots on the ground at Washington Commanders training camp practice. Uh, set to join us any moment here. And we're having some back and forth discussion and dialogue on Twitter about what we were talking about in the last segment in regards to, oh, Commanders still still on the practice field right now. 150 minutes and counting, still still in. So practice still going on. This is as of 11.30. They started at 9. Wow. Looks like they're getting some extended work out there, which is probably why uh, David Harrison unable to join us at this exact moment in time. So we'll, we'll be professionals to continue to move forward. But I want to... Reiterate what we just talked about in the last segment because I see some people starting to react uh, to what I said about, uh, yeah, I mean, call it what it is. Somebody tweeted at me, it's A underscore bait. Yeah, I, I 100% would have 100% would have cut Jamin Davis after the situation that happened uh, back in March of 2022. Just because of the close proximity to the DeShazer Everett situation, I feel like you got to know better. You have to have a better sense of responsibility. One more, have have a better sense of responsibility and judgment in that situation. And I just feel like, you know, Jamin didn't. And I'm not saying cut Jamin because he's a horrible person. I'm saying cut Jamin to help Jamin. How the hell else do you learn? How many more... How many more reckless driving incidents and situations does he have to be in before we realize that, look, man, the kid's got a problem. 
So it's just, I just, I, I don't know. It's a frustrating situation. I see people critical of my assessment of the situation on Twitter, but like, let's call it what it is, man. It's not anything personal against Jamin Davis. I just feel like it's not to hurt Jamin by cutting him. It's to help Jamin because Jamin has been super blessed to not, be injured in the first accident he was in involving the DeShazer Everett stuff, and then the two other tickets that he's got. Nobody's been harmed. So that's that's kind of where I stand with that. We do have David Harrison right now on the line with us. David, how you doing, my man? I'm good, man. How are you? Sorry about the the delay. Practice just ended. Yeah, I was I was interested in that. I saw someone just tweet out that that the practice session, like you said, just ended. Is that from what you can gather, the longest practice session thus far of camp? Uh, I think I think it's tied for the longest. Yeah, I think I think it matches the longest. We actually, when we, when we first came out, uh, just kind of the pace and tempo of the practice in the beginning, we were actually starting to speculate it might be a little bit of an early practice, and then it turns out to be, uh, yeah, like I said, like tied for the longest practice of the of the training camp so far. So um, I think probably what we anticipate is probably sort of a ramp down towards the towards the first preseason game. So start off a little bit heavy today and then probably tomorrow back to like a standard practice. And then on Tuesday, a little bit less before they go through, you know, their final walkthroughs and, and travel. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how this team handles preseason game number one against Cleveland coming up on Friday. Uh, David, I want to talk, talk to you about what we were talking about before we brought you on. You're very familiar with the unfortunate situation that Jamin Davis was involved in. Had to miss practice mm-hmm. Monday because he was in a Loudoun County courtroom trying to appeal uh, charges of reckless driving. He was caught going 114 in a 45 zone back on March the 28th of 2022. I have taken a more, I guess, harsh approach to this. I probably... And tell me if you agree or disagree with this, David. I, I, based on the close proximity that the incident happened to the DeShazer Everett crash, and then it be, this being his second reckless driving charge, he got one knocked down to just speeding by the grace of God and by the grace of the Loudoun County Sheriff's Department. I said I would have cut him. Is, is there a problem with what I with, with my course of action? Do you think it's too severe? And do you understand my thought process behind it? So I, I certainly understand the thought process behind it. You know, hundred percent. You know, these, these uh, you know these young men come in, and and you know it's it's easy to look at it through the scope of, of just on the football field, but in reality, you know, the NFL specifically, but football and, and athletes in general have become such an influential part of our society that I think it's important that leaders in that arena, you know, kind of, kind of help the, the younger players understand the role that they play. Right. And, and you kind of go back to like Charles Barkley and like, I know role model. Well, you know, to, to a certain extent back in those days, you kind of had a choice on whether or not you were a role model. You know, you didn't have to do movies, you didn't have to do commercials, right. all these other things. But in today's world, even if you don't do the commercials, like I, like I haven't seen, a Sam Howell commercial, right? right? But you see him everywhere, whether it's workout videos, practice videos, just the cell phone and the internet and, and all these platforms have just made everybody so interconnected that if you're an athlete in today's world, whether you choose to or you don't choose to, you are a role model, period. Like that's just part of the job description now. So, you know, having a hard line with young guys who are out here influencing other people, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Personally, if I were in, you know, Ron Rivera's shoes, I don't, I can't say that I would have cut Jamin Davis after that 
uh, situation. But what I would, you know, what what I would have liked to hear from, from Coach Coach Rivera, you know, and, and I understand he's kind of known as a players' coach and, and he likes to have his guys back, and I'm totally with that. But like the public statements of like we're supporting him as he goes through this process and all this other stuff, like you can support a guy and behind closed doors, I would like to imagine there probably have been some harsh conversations, some so. uncomfortable conversations, but you know, you can, you can make some public, some, some public comments to people who are watching people who are paying attention, being influenced by this, by this industry that doesn't necessarily cross the line of throwing your guy under the bus, but also doesn't just kind of flat out, just blanket. We support him no matter what, because it, it is, it is important. And I think that, you know, young players, young athletes, young, you know, anybody, not just young people, older drivers, you know, I'm, right. I'm in my forties and, you know, I shouldn't be driving 144 miles an hour either. And I've got, you know, two, a decade or two more driving experience than Jamin Davis does. I just, uh, you know, I, I just think that that, that awareness should be, should be enhanced and that understanding of, of, of how important that is in that role. And, and, you know, to some players, they might feel like it's unfair because I, I just want to play ball. I don't want to be a role model. And, you know, again, to an individual, I would, I would understand that, but that is the industry that you are in and you're in it voluntarily. So if you're going to be in it voluntarily, that's just one of the, the downsides of this profession that you're going to have to accept. Yeah, I think you laid that out beautifully, David. I just, to, to go back on what I was saying, to me, I'm not cutting Jamin Davis to, to try to hurt the football team. I'm cutting Jamin Davis to hopefully save his life. Like he's gotten right blessed in these situations that no one's been harmed from his reckless driving and my, my thing is I don't want it to be too late before he realizes the lesson so sometimes sometimes you cut a guy and it, it changes it changes the life of the guy and maybe makes that light bulb go off it, no it absolutely does you know and I've always told you know going back to like my previous profession and then dealing with like young leaders or even when you talk about like parenting right? right if you're making a decision based off of what's best for that child or best for that person that you are mentoring or responsible for, then you're making the right decision. Now, nobody can guarantee that the effect is going to be perfect or that the result is going to be perfect. But as long as, so, you know, I might not cut them. I might take some other actions. You might cut them. But as long as you and I are both, even though they're different decisions, are both coming from a place of this is right. what's best for, you know, in this scenario, a guy like Jamin, then you're making the quote unquote right decision. Now it's just a matter of how is that person going to take that decision and then hopefully use that for growth and, and not for further deterioration. All right, David. Let's get to some some football here now. Now that, now that we got that off the, off the plate, Friday's practice, from all accounts, was not a good one. What was today's mm-hmm. practice session like in comparison to Friday? And be honest with us, was it a good session? Uh, I think it was a good practice. I think they got, they got some good work in. I can honestly say, and I don't think uh, I'm going to steal a word that Zach Selby said to me on the sideline. I don't think it's hyperbolic to say that this was the cleanest practice we've seen from the offensive line. Um, doesn't mean the defensive line didn't, you know, get some pressure, didn't do their own, their own stuff. Khalid Hudson, uh, not defensive line, but, you know, part of the defensive front. Right. Uh, Khalid Hudson had a really nice pursuit on a play-action rollout pass and deflection uh, against Sam Howell. Honestly, Khalid, I mean, Khalid flashed all over the place yeah. during today's practice. Really good practice day for him today. But I think that the offensive line, I mean, there was one specific play where Sam, I mean, legitimately had about five, six seconds uh, of time to, to kind of navigate the defense and, and make his decision and deliver the ball. And, and of course, you're not going to get that every play, but you know from being out here previously, and we've you know we've all heard of the fans have seen it themselves because yeah. uh, they've been out here in droves. That that's not always the case, and I think that uh, you know that kind of just shows a little bit of the progress that they're making towards gelling and becoming becoming a better unit uh, and, and doing some good things. So hopefully, you know the whole iron sharpens iron attitude is, is working, and 
you know, the, the iron on the offensive line, you know, may not have looked super sharp, you know, coming into it, but starting to get a little bit sharper. And then from an attitude standpoint, uh, I mean, you would probably be weirded out as much as I was to hear Chase Young encouraging the offensive line, but that's exactly what he was doing today. <laughs> telling them really? during, during one session, he was telling Nick Gates, he was like, come on, Nick, you guys aren't tired. You got this lead your guys, get them out there. And, and, you know, I uh, was seeing like Christian Holmes pick up, you know, I think it was Cole Turner off the mat, uh, you know, by his pads. Like there's, there's definitely, you can tell that the team leaders within the locker room definitely came together after Friday and said, look, we can practice hard. We can play hard. We can come at each other and test each other. But once the whistle blows, we're teammates again, and we need to remember that. And, and it was a much, it was a much more productive, much less exciting practice, but a yeah. much more productive uh, event, I think. I'll take production over excitement any day of the week, David Harris. So that's yeah, definitely yeah, good. Yeah, absolutely. To hear. I'm going to get a little bit of an injury report from you. I ask you about a couple of guys. Mm-hmm. You just give me the skinny on them. Uh, Sadiq Charles at the left guard spot. Uh, what's the latest on him? Yeah, so Sadiq came out for, for individuals and warm-ups like he has been, but unlike what he has been doing the last few days, today he stayed out there on the field. He didn't go back in and, and get what we presume is treatment. Uh, he didn't participate in the team drill, so he wasn't out there. Chris Paul is still out there with the first team. Aaron Montero was primarily your second-team left guard. Nolan Loffenberg got a, got a set with the second-team offense, but then he was back with the third-team offense. Uh, so he continues to kind of work up that uh, as much as he can. But, yeah, so Sadiq, I mean, I, I take that as a step forward. You know, again, he's not back in team drills yet, but I do take that as a sign of progress. Wanted to ask you, too, about Emmanuel Forbes, the first-round pick out of Mississippi mm-hmm. State. He was nicked up Friday with what the team was calling a groin injury. Can you give us the latest on him? Yeah, basically the same thing with him. He came out and did individuals, and even in kind of like the pre-warm-up phase, you know what I'm talking about, where they first came out on the uh-huh. field, he was working with his position coaches, doing some 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 back pedals and doing some turns and twists and and all that stuff. It looked really good. It looked really smooth. There was no hitching and giddy up, no limp or anything like that. Um, but he didn't participate in team drills. Uh, Ron Rivera just got done speaking, so obviously I'm not in there, so I'm not sure what he said specifically about Emmanuel, but I would assume that the phrase we probably are going to hear is abundance of caution, which has become a very popular <laughs> phrase around here. Um, but the, I think the good thing is there's nothing on him. Like, there's no wraps. There's no, right. you know, compression. There's, there's no ice on him as he's, even though he's standing on the sideline getting the mental reps, there's no, you know, devices on him, I suppose, whereas, like, City Charles has the compression sleeve on his calf. Still, I think that's a positive sign and a sign that supports, you know, what we've already been told, that it's not a big deal. But, you know, again, moving forward, there, you know, especially a soft tissue uh, issue, you want to you be very careful with that. And, I mean, we all learned that with Curtis Samuel, right? So you definitely right. want to be, be, be cautious <laughs> with that kind of stuff. Yeah, speaking of Curtis Samuel, I, looking at some of the quotes from Ron's presser, he also uh, limped off, not limped off the practice field, but was shut down yeah. for the second half of practice with – some tightness, Ron, not being uh, descriptive on what's actually tight with Curtis Samuel. So we'll wait to get some more info on that. I wanted to ask you more about the cornerback spot because with Emmanuel Forbes not participating in the 11-on-11 work, I'm assuming it's Benjamin St. Just and Kendall Fuller on the outside. And then one of my training camp risers, David Harrison, I'm a big Rashad Wild Goose fan, and I think this coaching staff is as well. Uh, How did he perform today in the slot? So, so Rashad was solid, but Danny Johnson actually got the first first team oh, rep okay. uh, with him. Yeah, it was, it was Ben outside, Kendall outside, and then Danny Johnson inside, which I was a little bit surprised with. Uh, look, we've talked about this. I've, I've talked about it on my show. I'm, I'm not. Uh, this isn't a secret. Like, I'm not as high on Rashad Wild yeah. as, as you are and as some <laughs> people are. But honestly, I mean, look, the team. You know, the, the coaches obviously have more knowledge about you know the cornerback position inside corner than I do. So obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know defer to them on that decision. But yeah, Danny Johnson got the first reps out there, which I did actually find interesting because of how much first team run Rashad has been getting. But yeah. I think it's, 
it's just, again, it's just another illustration of how deep that cornerback room is, really, whether it's outside, inside, or safety. Joined right now by David Harrison. He is the host of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Make sure, get, make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at dharrison82. I want to go back to the offensive side of the football, David. Uh, Sam Howell, in his play over the past couple of days in practice, has been a hot-button topic of discussion what did you think about his overall performance today? And then where do you think this quote-unquote quarterback competition is as we get ready to gear up for preseason game number one? Uh, I think I think the competition is where it is today, where it was in the beginning, and it's more symbolic than it is uh, actually a competition. Um, you know, there was actually a moment today where the second-team offense took the field and Eric Bieniemy, from from the best I can tell, was still tr- trying to call a play to Sam. Like, I imagine in the headset, he's saying, all right, Sam, we're going to run, you know, da 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 yeah. And Jacoby was on the field saying, hey, coach, it's, it's second team, it's second team. I'm leading the second team. And literally Jacoby standing on the field with, with two fingers up saying we're second team. I'm like, well, yeah. if, if you need any more identification of how this, <laughs> this quarterback battle is going, yeah. and Jacoby Brissett saying I'm the second team quarterback, uh, I think is probably the best illustration that we can take away from it. But but with Sam, I mean, I think it's, it's really more of kind of the same. It's, you know, he's making good, smart decisions. It's not always the exciting decision. Uh, you know, it's not always the push the ball downfield and, and the double coverage uh, decision. Sometimes it's, you know, it's the easy check down or the smart check down, whatever you want to call it. But I think the, the biggest thing that we're, we're seeing from Sam is the ability and willingness to extend the play. You know, no, nobody is going to be like a Patrick Mahomes type. You know, I, I, that's, that's not a reasonable expectation. But I don't know that a lot of people really understood going into last year's Cowboys game uh, there in Week 18 what ability Sam had in his legs. And I think right. through camp you're seeing him get – a little bit more decisive, a little bit more comfortable uh, in, in making those decisions, but also making, not just making a decision, but making the right decision. Some uh, have a, have a cross body throw kind of going back a grain or against the grain from, from where he was rolling out. And, you know, typically you see a quarterback throw like that, you go, oh, no, and you hold your breath, but it was a very good throw. Deami Brown was wide open in the middle of the field. So he was able to move, but also see everything on the field and deliver a strike to him. Um, ultimately, I mean, three for four in the first set, uh, two for two on the second set of 11s. That was mostly runs. Uh, third set, it was a two-minute drill. Two for five, but a couple of throwaways to save clock uh, You know, are, are going to kind of impact that. And then the fourth uh, fourth and fifth sets went three for five and then seven for ten on the final set. So, I mean, you know, overall, mostly good days. I haven't done the complete math, so I can't give you a complete yeah. percentage <laughs> in 11s. Uh, did get intercepted once in sevens over through uh, Mitchell Tinsley, and Derek Forrest came down with it. But, you know, I'm I'm I have been and I will remain more concerned about what happens in 11s than I am. Look, I completely agree with you, man. Preseason game number one coming up on Friday night for the boys, David. I know you're looking forward to it. I am too. We'll catch up with you soon, mm-hmm. my friend. Absolutely appreciate you. That is David Harrison, ladies and gentlemen. He is the host of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at D Harrison 82. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll reflect on some of the things that. David had to say, and then we get to the top of the 12 o'clock hour, man. I want to pose a question out to you on the MGM and National Harbor Lister lines, 1-800-636-1067. Are you concerned about the reports of the offense struggling early on in camp? Uh, we'll get to that at the top of the 12 o'clock hour. Next, we'll recap with David Harrison. That's next here on The Fan. Big thank you to David Harrison for joining us in the last segment. He is the Host of the Locked On Commanders podcast. If you missed any of my conversation with David, make sure you download the always free Odyssey app. Use the Odyssey Rewind feature and go back to the 1135 segment for my conversation with David Harrison. Always good to catch up with David. 
feels like practice today a little bit better uh, than what we saw on Friday. And it seemed like the chippiness level went down a little bit and everyone's playing nice out there right now in Ashburn. Uh, So we'll see what type of impact that has on the rest of the week. As we mentioned, preseason game number one coming up on Friday night against the Cleveland Browns and still yet to see how much the starters are going to play for Washington uh, here in the preseason opener. I assume that we're going to see Sam Howell in that first-team offense uh, a decent amount throughout these next two preseason games. I don't know how much they'll play in the third preseason game, but it's go time in terms of figuring out what this football team is. And as we all know, man, quarterback to me is really what is going to determine the success of this football team in 2023. Quick segment here. I want to take another timeout. We'll reset things. Top of the 12 o'clock hour. We'll hit the final hour of power in the program. And I want to talk quarterback here because I feel like I'm at a very different place with the quarterback position than a lot of you all are out there. Do we have a dilemma on our hands between Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett? Yes, Sam Howell has got every first team rep to this point but I question whether or not he's the best guy to lead the team forward. Not saying he doesn't have the ability. I don't care who honestly starts a quarterback for this team. There's only really one requirement that I have for the starting quarterback. Say that next on the fan. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 